0: All right. That's on. Um we come to Christmas with a lot of different uh, feelings and ex- expectations. Each of us some of us come to Christmas with uh, hardship. Um Some of us come knowing of our sinful nature and feeling a darkness. Uh, Some of us come in enjoyment and and laughter and in praise and joy. Uh, Wherever you're at, though, I think we really, really need a good reminder of what Christmas is all about. As it's so easy to be distracted, whether it's a good season or a bad season for you right now. It's so easy to forget... uh, the Christ part of Christmas, and so I want to share a short little uh, snippet from a book by who uh, it's co-authored by Timothy Jones. It's called um, "Outrageous Grace," or it's actually called a co-authored book named "Proof," and it talks about outrageous grace. Uh, and so I'm going to share this little snippet, and he is um, he's writing about a daughter that he adopted. And so I'll read this. It's a little bit longer, so bear with me as I read through this. I never dreamed that taking a child to Disney World could be so difficult, or that such a trip could teach me so much about God's outrageous grace. Our middle daughter had been previously adopted by another family. I am sure this couple had the best of intentions, but they never quite integrated the adopted child into their family of biological children. After a couple of rough years, they dissolved the adoption, and we ended up welcoming an eight-year-old girl into our home. For one reason or another, whenever our daughter's previous family vacationed at Disney World, they took their biological children with them, but they left their adopted daughter with a family friend. Usually, at least in the child's mind, this happened because she did something wrong that precluded her presence on the trip. And so by the time we adopted our daughter, She had seen many pictures of Disney World, and she had heard about the rides and the characters and the parades, but when it came to passing through the gates of the Magic Kingdom, she had always been the one left on the outside. Once I found out about this history, I made plans to take her to Disney World. The next time, a speaking engagement took our family to the southeastern United States. I thought I had mastered the Disney World drill. I knew from previous experiences that the prospect of seeing cast members in frequently oversized mouse and duck costumes somehow turns children into squirming bundles of emotional instability. What I didn't expect was that the prospect of visiting this dream world would produce a stream of downright devilish behavior in our newest daughter. In the month leading up to our trip to the Magic Kingdom, she stole food when a simple request would have gained her a snack. She lied when it would have been easier to tell the truth. She whispered insults that were carefully crafted to hurt her older sister as deeply as possible. And as the days on the calendar moved closer to the trip, her mutinies multiplied. A couple of days before our family headed to Florida, I pulled our daughter into my lap to talk through her latest escapade. I know what you're going to do, she said flatly. You're not going to take me to Disney World, are you? The thought hadn't actually crossed my mind, but her downward spiral suddenly started to make some sense. She knew she couldn't earn her way into the magic kingdom. She had tried and failed that test several times before, so she was living in a way that placed her as far as possible from the most magical place on earth. In retrospect, I'm embarrassed to admit that, in that moment, I was tempted to turn her fear to my own advantage. the The easiest response would have been, if you don't start behaving better... You're right, we won't. But by God's grace, I didn't. Instead, I asked her, Is this trip something we're doing as a family? She nodded, brown eyes wide and tear-rimmed. Are you part of this family? She nodded again. Then you're going with us. Sure, there may be some consequences to help you remember what's right and what's wrong, but you're a part of our family, and we're not leaving you behind. I'd like to say that her behavior grew better after that moment. They didn't. Her choices pretty much spiraled out of control at every hotel and rest stop all the way to Lake Buena Buena Vista. Still, we headed to Disney World on the day we had promised, and it was a typical Disney day. Overpriced tickets, overpriced meals, and lots of lines mingled with just enough manufactured magic to consider maybe going again someday. In our hotel room that evening, a very different child emerged. She was exhausted, pensive, and a little weepy at times, but her month-long facade of rebellion had faded. When bedtime rolled around, I prayed with her and held her and asked, So how was your first day at Disney? She closed her eyes and snuggled down into her stuffed unicorn. And after a few moments, she opened her eyes ever so slightly. Daddy, she said, I finally got to go to Disney World. But it wasn't because I was good. It's because I'm yours wasn't because I was good, it's because I'm yours. This is the message of outrageous grace that we need to hear today. Today is a celebration of extravagant grace that God would come in the flesh to this earth as a baby and grow into a man who would die for us. that we ourselves are much like the young daughter, rebellious in our nature. Each of us have turned away from God. Each of us have been selfishly motive in so many ways, self-consumed, wicked people, and we struggle with this on a daily basis. And so the wonderful news then is that we have this gift, this free gift that God has given us based on nothing, no merit of our own, no good deeds that we could do to earn this, but that Jesus came willingly to sacrifice himself out of love for us, even though we were his enemies, even though we were haters of God, and even though to this day we still struggle in our sin, we still turn our faces from God on a regular basis, and yet we're his family, we're his. Ephesians 2, 1-9 says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, And raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. You cannot pardon your own sin. We cannot make ourselves right in the eyes of God. And God knew this. God knew there had to be a perfect, unblemished sacrifice. A life lived perfectly when our lives are lived so imperfectly. And this is the gift. The greatest the greatest gift on Christmas, that Christ comes down and sacrifices himself for people who don't deserve it. David Mathis says this, Christmas is not about the worth and goodness of humanity, but the mind-blowing mercy of God. In a time when it's so easy to be caught up in the hustle and bustle of Christmas, when it's so easy to be distracted by the family get-togethers and the food that has to be prepared or the traveling and the expenses and all these different things, whether good or bad. My hope today in my own heart and for each of us here is that we would go home, we would celebrate christmas with each other we would enjoy the gift giving we would enjoy the food we would enjoy the family time but ultimately we would remember uh this story of this young girl and know that it's our story that for those of us who are in christ we celebrate knowing that we have been given outrageous grace that has nothing to do with us we should revel in this That no matter how messed up you think you are, Christ died to free you from the bondage of sin and death. We go home, we celebrate this day. we celebrate this every day. For those of you who have not accepted this free gift of salvation that is found only in Jesus, I pray that you realize, like the little girl in our story, that God is good and you are not but that God has made a way for you to be in his family. That God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Believe in the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for your sins and be God's sons and daughters. So, Car's Church, may we be a light on a hill. May we be a church that reflects this in our city That no matter how rebellious we are, no matter how many times we run away from God, he runs to us, he collects us in his arms, and he loves us, and we show that to the world. We share that with the world because that's what the world needs to hear. We strive so much in our own strength. We strive so much to be good on our own. Surrender it. You're not good. You are a rebellious son and daughter who has a good father who loves you. So let us remember that this Christmas season. Lord God, thank you so much for the truth of the message of the gospel that you have made a way for us to come to be reconciled to you, to be sons and daughters. And it had nothing to do with our own merit. It had everything to do with your goodness and grace. May we go home today. May your spirit fill us May your spirit remind us of these truths, Lord, as it's so easy to be distracted. Pray these things in Jesus' name.